Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Well, I guess we are back with a another episode. I uh, messaged my buddy this week. I'm like, hey, do you got uh, Chinese shrapnel from balloons in your backyard because he's from alaska he said not yet but they're they're staying vigilant they're ready to shoot to kill he said <laughs> who's who's staying vigilant him 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 and the rest of alaska oh, apparently they are okay i thought you meant the crypt keeper oh god who knows about that? i, I mr know. joe I all, he's all big talk man he is man he's shooting shit down left and right he's like yeah let's shoot at stuff and let's ban your right to shoot at stuff yeah, I don't know, man. Right? Hey, let's uh, get more electric cars, but you know what? Guess what? We'll need fuel for the next 10 years now. I mean, the guy backtracks on everything he says. Man, I saw something the other day. Um, Russia spent like $1.3 billion on this port in the North Atlantic Sea from of Russia. Yeah. And they're going to be able to ship oil now from the Arctic Circle. 
10 times faster than they were ever able to. It's, it, it will basically, and <laughs> the funny thing is, is the article that I'm reading starts telling me about this and it tells me about all the stuff that Russia's doing. Yeah. And then the second half of the article is all the same stuff that Trump suggested, <laughs> which yeah. this is this is my problem. This is my problem I have in my in my conversations I have with my friends that that really dislike Donald Trump. I dislike Donald Trump's ego. I dislike Donald Trump's persona. I dislike Donald Trump's inability to admit when he was wrong. I dislike all of that about him. Yeah. But the things that he was doing were great. <laughs> And I don't yeah. necessarily think it's because he's that smart himself, but he's smart enough to put in the people that are smart enough to do this shit. Right. Well, it's like uh, a lot of people, uh, places they work, corporations, businesses that they work at. You may not like the CEO, but if that boat is floating and that boat is profitable, you want to stay on that boat. You want to retire from there, right? So you may not agree. You know, the dude may have some, he may screw goats on on weekends i don't know you might it might be so egotistical that you know he carries a mirror around if the if the company's floating well you don't care right it's a weird thing yeah i mean people like that are what do you call it, eclectic anyway yeah they're they they got weird shit when you got that much money yeah just weird yeah so yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like if you if you got a guy that's like if you got a guy that's cutting trees over your house right you know like a lot of trees that grow over yeah. your house and they got to like climb up and they got to rope the pieces down like do you care that the best guy for the job also you know is a philanderer and lives in a van and whatever make up a bunch of weird shit kicks puppies right like yeah. does it matter i don't think it does no because if he's the best at tying off the fucking chunks of tree and bringing them down without them landing on your goddamn house, then he's the best at that. Yeah. But what, you know, America's kind of showed me is that, okay, now you got a guy that is incompetent, but, you know, I don't even think he looks the part. He looks like he's dead, like the, the walking zombie. I and, have this uh, weird, I, I'm, I'm in between this weird thought on, on Sleepy Joe, because after reading that book and doing the Hunter Biden laptop podcast, I have this whole different mentality about him. I have this whole different thought about how he had everything set up because he did set up his family to profit greatly. And it was intelligent enough that he's never been busted. Yeah. But then I also hear and, and, and read conversations between him and his oldest son at 40 years old, where he's treating him like a six year old. Right. So it's like, where, what is going on in this man's head? Yeah, but uh, America would rather have somebody that is uh, closet diabolical. And I don't, I don't even know. I mean, he gives no real appearance of you know, being presidential anyway, but some people might think so. And, or, you, or you have a guy that is just out of the closet, egotistical. He tells you what's on his mind and gets the job done. But apparently we, we like the diabolical. We need sugar-coated shit instead of just yeah, is, average. Is Biden sugar-coated, though? I, no. 30. Or he just fits the ticket? I no, mean, no, no, he's he not doesn't even... even fit the ticket. He wasn't Trump. That's why he got voted. That was the only way. Because yeah. he wasn't Trump. But they're saying that if he ran against Trump again, they're saying that he would probably win. Who is saying that? Because the last thing I saw was only 38% of Democrats say they would even vote for him. 
The or was so, that they only thirty eight percent? So not just mainstream him. media, but I'm talking even like Daily Wire says, oh well, if Trump runs again, yeah, and you know you got some independent networks, even like Anomaly saying, well, if Trump runs again, he'll probably lose because he's lost a lot of the the right. Yeah, just because of you know things lately between the vaccine and and uh, some of the other goofball things that he's been doing. But these are just those goofball things that people just get hung up on. But I just. He 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 did he did a good job. Like mm-hmm. the things that he was doing were were positive, but he's definitely not the right. He's not the best person for the job. No. Plus, we don't need another ninety-year-old. Uh, no in office. No, we just don't necessarily. Well, first of all, you know, we almost need to go back to the back to the time of like guilting people into taking the job. You know, like not picking the people that want the job because if they want the job, they fucking shouldn't have the job anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah, we should one. go back to the day where it's like, oh my god, all right, I'm gonna, I guess I'll take this eight year sacrifice from my life to serve my country, not yeah. like, ooh, I want to be the fucking leader of the free world. Yeah. Yep. But I what, was at fifty years ago was the last time we probably had that, even if even. Right. That's why I don't know. I, Tulsi Gabbard it would be top of my list, even with all of her. Crazy, not crazy. This is that's that's not fair of me to say. Even with all of her very libertarian views on foreign policy, yeah. I mean, she's the type of person who's going to surround herself with good people, and not people that just agree with her. And she's not, you know, bought by anybody. So I, I don't agree with a lot of probably thirty percent of what she believes in. But that's the ticket right there. Is like I don't have to agree with you know the leader of our free world, but you know what? That person has to be open to debate. That person has to listen to their cabinet. No, that person doesn't have to have an agenda. That's fair. And you think, you think that she would, um, choose what the people around her are saying is right over what she thinks is right. Yeah. I think she's one that, um, when you listen to her talk, she's, she's not an echo chamber, you know? She will agree. She admits if she's wrong, but she likes to have that debate. That's been her her history. But you know, apparently, that's you know not the qualities we want in a leader here. Well, no, no, no. It, it is what you're what you're mistaking is that you're you are putting who gets on the ticket as to who we sh- who we would vote for, and that those are two different things. Because the people that make it to that ticket are, you know. 10 deviations away from who we would actually vote for if we had a list of 50 people that we could that we could vote for not that that's realistic right but it's it's manipulated as to who gets on those presidential debates who gets on that initial ticket who gets even even to the point of um the nomination that's all manipulated so much that we end up with a we don't end up with the with the right people on the final decision yeah we end up with a worst case what's the best case scenario What's the lesser of two evils of these two people? Yeah, and that's been the last few elections. It's, oh, shit, we got to take the lesser of two evils. But, you know, Tulsi was in the race, what, uh, um, I think two elections ago? Yeah, that's when uh, Killary was on there, I believe. Yeah, maybe not. Because, no, she went head-to-head with Kamala. So she went head-to-head with Kamala and then crushed her. And then after she did that, they pretty much uh, banned her on uh, social media and just completely killed her publicity. I think shut down her website and everything else. And 
boom, next thing you know, she was out. So just like you're saying. I yeah, mean, that's it's, what I'm saying. It's, I'm saying it's, it's, manip- um, it's manipulated to the point that we don't ever end up with a, a, a choice of, oh, this person's great and this person's great. Right? Like how awesome would that be? If we had people on both sides who were like, oh, my God, they're both great. I don't know which one to vote for. Yeah. Never. has Never never have I ever heard that situation come out of anybody's mouth. Yeah. But it drives me nuts because you got the, the left. You, you had a person who was a woman, who was a minority, and, you know, basically it kind of fits everything. You know, she's active. She's a public servant. She's a, you know, lieutenant, I believe, um, and still serving, active. And she fit the bill. And technically, but I don't know that she fit their bill, right? It would be like the narrative. It would be like if the it would be like if if on the right, somebody had all of the of the great, um, conservative char- characteristics, but then but then said that God's not real. That would never make it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Mitt, Rom- Mitt Romney you fucking was on know the that. ticket. Yeah, but Mitt Romney was still religious. Well, the Mormon or whatever he is. So. You know, I don't know. I mean, I can understand that. Yeah, if they don't fit the quote narrative, yeah, the and I think that was the case. Parties, and I think that was the case with with her on the other side. And she wouldn't take uh, um, uh, any money from a corporation. So, yeah, and that I mean, that's gonna hamstring her right there. Like just saying, like just being realistic, like that's gonna hamstring any sort of chance she has against the other side. Right, which, you know, this is telling us that there's multiple points of failure in this campaign whole political fi- process. Campaign finance reform. Yeah. Big deal, right? Like, that's a big, big issue. Yeah. But who's got to change it? These the, are the people getting paid. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of in a in a shit tornado right now. So what do you think is going on with all these fucking balloons? That's what brought, the, that's why I brought this up. That's where we started in this. What, what's going, are they, are they literally, are they doing, like, reconnaissance? It's Chinese International DoorDash, dude. You're so full of shit. <laughs> People want authentic Chinese, so they're willing to fly that shit in. Oh, that's all, that's how we get authentic Chinese on a fucking blimp. Oh, uh, it's it's definitely surveillance equipment. But why we're not doing anything, and the public knows about it because it's visible. It's uh, it's beyond me at this point. A guy just... told me the other day it's the United States testing their own testing their own people. Oh, really? Yep. I don't know how legit is that. It's not. I don't think. Um, there's this thing that happens with people. And I've seen it happen with a handful of people in my life. And there's this thing that happens when they start to lose faith in what we're told is reality. And all of a sudden, it's like they have to have such a black and white. It's It's in their mind that things are black and white. And if... Some things are a lie, then all of a sudden everything is a lie. And then every conspiracy theory has a little bit of meat on the bone, right? Yeah. You know, because the only reason that it, the only reason it gets out of some crazy person's head into an actual theory that, that you read about is because it has some sort of meat, you know? So then all of a sudden that little bit of meat, these people that, that are black and white people is, is the only thing that I can, that I can think of would make it happen. And all of a sudden every conspiracy theory starts to become reality right like the fact that the vaccine really just didn't work turns into they are gene editing us to stop us from reproducing or they are planting chips in us in these vaccines or they're trying to make something that that links up with the new 5g 
No, realistically, that fucking shot just didn't really work. And 5G is really fast and kind of fucks with your brainwaves. Like, those things are all reality. Yeah. But was it on purpose? No, it was probably realistically, it was a, it was a, it was a risk that somebody was willing to take to make internet faster to ignore the negatives on the electron waves that are going into your brain. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of technology that comes out, you know, people tend to <laughs> think that there's a diabolical reason behind it. But, you know, now there's even stuff about Elon Musk. They're saying that he's behind something diabolical. I don't think so. I think the guy is just smoking pot <laughs> and has all these great ideas that he likes to make to help the human race. That's just who he is. I don't think that's much deeper than that. No. And, uh, you know, obviously we talked last week, you know, Bill Gates, I have a whole different impression. This I think this is some nerd that has some vendetta on everybody. But that's, you know, beside the point. Beside him boofing little kids, but that's about it. I See, I told you I was not able to find any of the stuff that you were talking I found Melinda saying that his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein mm-hmm. affected her, emotionally affected her in their marriage. And that was it. That was the, that was the extent of anything I could find. Um but it, does that mean he's a great person? Fuck no, it doesn't mean he's a great person. And that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that I try to at least find some shred of evidence before I accuse someone of sexually molesting children. Yeah, I just... Because, uh... you know, Donald Trump was on that flight manifest too. Right. You know, so there's like, there's a lot of people that are that are in that circle that have zero I, I guess you know you never know maybe they're all fucking maybe they're all baby killers but the reality of that is probably not the case yeah I, i'm trying to think of uh when they did ask trump about that and trump did say i mean he was on he was on a flight and he was invited and then they had presented him with you know what they were doing and he just wasn't on board with it so and that's it but you take a you know a guy like Gates, uh, there wasn't any denial about that. So, and yeah, sure, I'm I'm making an assumption based on you know what Melinda's saying, and there was denial and on there, Bill's end. Like he did he did say that the that 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 relationship and those that being an acquaintance of of Jeffrey Epstein was was a horrible decision. But he de- he never he he denied that there was anything sexual with kids. Yeah. So what a you know, and maybe it's bad on my part. I mean, I'm generalizing his his morality based on you know, this is a dude that creates problems, and then creates the solutions. It's kind of like that song by Soul Asylum, you know, Misery. You know that song? No, I don't think so. Oh, the the verse goes, uh, let's let's build a, a company and make misery. We'll create the cure and we'll also create the disease. So, you know, this is a guy that if you want to look at it, created Windows, created every garbage piece of windows and then also here's uh viruses and here let's garbage piece of windows windows literally brought computing to the fucking public i'm an apple guy but i don't care i don't care if i got windows and apple so i don't care if you're an apple guy literally he took a dos system where you had to type in commands and made a user interface so that the public could use computers that's not that's not creating a fucking problem but you create. You're creating. You create a whole. You're creating a demon inside of a human being that maybe might be questionable, but is not doing this shit on purpose. I don't know, man. I, I think that 
everything he does has to have a return. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, computers, you create a problem, you create a hole where you can basically create viruses that you need all these updates and patches, right? Otherwise, you're going to build a, if you built the perfect system, guess what? You're, you're not going to have any longevity, right? You're not going to make any money. Kind of like software, right? When you, when you bought Adobe, what happened? They were selling it in a box. And you pay $600 to $1,000 for that box, or a lot of people paid less than that. And all of a sudden they realized, oh, we're not making any money because nobody's upgrading. So we got to create all these new features, or now we have a subscription. Yeah, this, this, but the subscription is totally different than making a version of Windows and then three years later having a better version of Windows, right? Like you're, you don't get charged for updates. When you buy Windows XP, when you bought Windows XP, you got updates to patch the holes that that viruses would find. You didn't pay for those yeah. updates. Those updates were free. So I don't see I don't see where your argument is here. Oh, my argument is that, you know, he created holes in the system to basically allow for viruses to No, you're fucking high. <laughs> you are completely <laughs> fucking high. There's holes in there's holes in Mac systems. The reason that the holes aren't found as much is because it's not as profitable to find a hole in a Mac system because business doesn't run on Mac. Business runs on Windows. So if you want to take over a system and, 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 and manipulate a system or shut down a system to get a, you know, a, a million dollars in Bitcoin or $10 million in Bitcoin, finding a hole in Mac doesn't have a benefit. Okay. Here's where I get into my Chinese hacking history. So... It only takes, it used to take me like five minutes or less to hack into a Windows system. And it would take me two to three days to hack into a Mac system. Not the current one, but back then. The, because the, the Mac platform, well, originally ran on Unix. It's a stable platform and the system's hard to break into. So I can't just, you know, key and go into DOS and just start. Getting into, you know, the setup, getting into the system, getting into the hard drive. It's much more complex than that. So for a hacker, it didn't pay for us to take all that extra time to try to break in. Because there's no reason to. Well, there's a lot of businesses that do run on Mac. Back then, they were running Mac OS X servers. And a lot of these, uh, especially, you know, in my field, they're running OS X servers because they're more stable. Problem with Windows servers is that they're easy to hack into. And, uh, yeah, he actually he used to have a disc. He used to carry around it. Basically, I just insert a disc into the, the system itself, the NT server. Back when there was Windows NT servers, and it would just, boom, hack it, open it up for me. You could do a lot. So a lot of the hackers, if you, if you go on YouTube and there's, you know, these guys that are, like, reverse hacking, it's kind of cool to see how it's done in the Windows system. It's very easy. Just give somebody, and I am not negating the fact that it that it's easier or there's a, more of a reason. What I'm saying is that it wasn't on purpose. These things aren't done on purpose. You're putting purpose, and you do this a lot, where you put purpose on people where simple negligence would answer the question. Yeah, and I don't know if it's simple negligence. It's just it's a very unstable system. So if there's any programmers out there that want to, you know. Throw some feedback back. The Windows has always been so super unstable. And that's like, you know, don't 
<clears throat> I have a lot of friends that, you know, program. And you debug the crap out of something before you release it because you don't want these issues. But if this was if this was his if this is his prerogative, right? This was his motive. Why didn't he come up with the antivirus? Why doesn't he also have the best antivirus that he would sell for a monthly fee along with selling Windows? Now that was people like Norton and McAfee and Webroot and stuff like that. They came up with the antivirus software that you would have to put on your Windows program. So if that if it was a if it was a reason that he put all that 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 dysfunctionality, that ease of of hack into it, why wouldn't he then capitalize on it? Because he wasn't capitalizing on it because he wasn't charging you for updates. Yeah, but who does uh, Norton and uh, McAfee who do they pay their licensing to? They have that ability to sell product that creates system because you can't have you can't have Windows create the problem and also no, oh, we're gonna sell you the same solution because then customers will be calling in saying, "Why am I paying for this uh this virus solution when you should just be fixing it?" yourself i already paid you for the system be kind of dumb for me to buy you know windows 2000 and then all of a sudden be like oh why am i paying for a windows 2000 from you know it should just be a recall then right but you would pay for other programs that they would for norton but norton pays the licensing to windows what licensing so that they can actually use that on windows and be supported so you can use norton on a windows computer run the antivirus is that accurate i don't know look it up man we'll have to look that up because i don't see i don't you got people like john mcafee was a fucking crazy man i i don't see that being i mean he solved a problem and he just was a weird fucking dude yeah but they got they have to work with microsoft to solve that problem so they work with microsoft to solve the problem i don't think so oh check it out man yeah check it out we'll have to look (laughs) i guess yeah i digress royalties man i mean i understand that that you're paying royalties to programs but they're not paying windows to be able to load that program on windows if you buy if you bought when you bought adobe and put it on your windows they weren't paying royalties to windows to be able to sell you a program to run on windows they just wrote a program that ran on windows but it's got to be compatible with windows that's fine but compatible compatibility doesn't mean that they're paying licensing fees no have to look it up i guess yeah i guess so let me ask you this what do you think's more important motivation or consistency oh you know my circle my circle probably believes that uh motivation is fluff I think your circle is just buying into this trendy bullshit that David Goggins started years ago. <laughs> That's not David Goggins. Oh, I think Goggins capitalized on it too, so. <laughs> Speaking of capitalizing. So I kind of set you up with that question, right? Yeah. Because I don't think either are more important than the other. Because I think motivation is like the spark that lights the fire, and the consistency is the wood that burns. Without one, the other is useless, and without the other, the one is useless. Because without motivation, there is no motive to become consistent towards a goal. The base, the base of motivation is motive, right? So we're, you're thinking, when, when people are like motivation, they're thinking of a motivational speaker, right? But right. what is a motivational speaker doing? 
It's just pumping you up to do some action. He's pumping you up to do some action. He's giving you a motive to do an action. Yeah. But are you actually motivated? Like, could I, could I motivate you to, could I motivate you to sew dresses for dolls? If I needed the cash, I guess so. <laughs> All right. But <laughs> I could motivate you to. to cash to, would be the motivator, I guess. Cash would be the motivator, right? So what I'm saying is at a, while people look at a, at a motivational speaker and they, they, or they look at a, at a motivational text or a, a motivational video or a motivational quote or whatever that is, mm-hmm. all that's doing is shining a light inside them on what that motive is. Hmm. So if we take one of your examples like losing weight, right? That's one of your examples. Do we have that here? Yeah. Where is it? I, I saw it on here. That's my point number nine. Jeez, they all look like one on my fucking, the way I printed them out. Oh. Either way. So we take motive, we, we take the, we take the, the goal of losing weight. Yeah. Physical and, awareness probably is the most apparent. Apparent, right? Like that's, that's the, a lot of people's goals have something to do with their, their physical Right. Well-being, their physical health, how that looks on the outside, the visual appeal of, of whatever that physical is, whether it be losing fat, gaining muscle. You can't really get taller or shorter. I was going to say taller or shorter, but you can't really do that. So that's fucking negated right there. Right. So if you had zero idea that you were fat comparative to other people or zero idea that you were uh, lacking musculature compared to the, the, the physical ideal of, uh, of the human race, then you would, have no, you would have no motive to lose weight, right? So then with no motive to lose weight, then there is no consistency towards that goal because there is no motive. You're just, you're fine how you are. Yeah. But the know. motive comes in the want to be leaner, the want to be more muscular, the want to be healthier, the want to be able to move better. That's your motive, right? And then with that motive, that's when we find the consistency. So I just, I have a, the reason I, the reason I, that I, that I even brought any of this up is because I have a problem with the loud, boisterous social media person that says motivation is bullshit. Because what they're completely is ignoring is without a motive, there is no change. The motive is the catalyst for change. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, from the, the circles that I'm in, I would probably say that the explanation that is given is that, even for me, when I sit down and think of motivation, why do I need to be motivated? It's, um, to us, it's motivation's a... What I got here is motivation is a feeling that comes and goes. And if I, if I leave everything to be, oh, I need to be motivated, then I'm leaving it up to chance. And there's, you know, so many things on, let's say on an operation that just need to be done because, you know, okay, these things have to be done to produce the end result. I, I don't have to be motivated because if I don't do those things, the end result is not going to happen. So... It's kind of the same way I look at health is, you know, I, I don't need to be motivated to go in because I know longevity for my body. And the older I get, too, is this, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. is like, it's, it's weird. 
because when I was in my 30s, 20s and 30s, you think you're invincible, right? You hit about 35 and then you hear some people complain. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling the old age. And then, you know, obviously us, us old guys would be like, yeah, you're still young yet, right? Everybody it's everybody. Yeah, everybody yeah. that's older than you tells you you're still young. Yeah. Yep. And then you hit your 40s and all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is actually your early 40s. You do feel like you're kind of still in your prime yet, you know? Yeah. You're, you're just not going to, you know, run massive sprints without pulling a hammy every once in a while speak for and, yourself bro <laughs> and then uh then you hit your 50s and all of a sudden it's like man you know the finish line is you know you're starting to see a little shadow of the finish line here and just like i have to these are things i have to do for longevity and you just start looking around i don't know that's why i can't say that it's motivation it's just like i can see the result of somebody that is equivalent to my age and not doing the things that need to be done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the amount of suffering, the amount of, you know, uh, you know, health wise, amount of doctor's visits, medications, problems with joints, problems with this and that. And then on the other hand is finances. If they're not set in their finances, it's like, yeah, you got a small window here. Otherwise you're going to have to be working until you're, you know, 80 years old. Is that, you know, the quality of life that you want? And and spiritually, it's like constantly look still, you don't want to be 50 years old and still trying to figure yourself out, whether it's by material things, whether it's by, you know, knowledge in itself, or trying to just fit things in to feel like you're, you're finally fulfilled, you know, and I do see people that are in their 50s that, that are like, oh, if I, if I buy this, it's like, how many things are you going to buy? Nobody, nobody cares. I look at that as like, if, if I die tomorrow, nobody's going to care what I drove. Nobody's going to care what brand of clothes, you know, that I wore. Nobody's really going to care about the house that I had. So, you know, you start realizing that a lot of this shit doesn't matter. And there's just things that I just need to do. Make sure that I get the, the end result, the longevity, the long term, whether it's my finances, physically, whatnot. So is that... What let's take let's take your your operation your military operation as an example, okay? So why do you practice shooting over and over and over and over thousands around? This so here's the so this the, would be the consistency, right? Yeah, yeah, and the consistency. This is the clear answer: is that you understand that when you practice anything, when you live your life not trying to create comfort. I see a lot of people, you have two choices. You either spend a lot of energy nesting or creating comfort in your life, or you spend time creating uncomfortability. And the reason you create uncomfortability, which is equivalent to why in, in operations, this is the training part. This is where you take, you need to take a thousand shots. So it doesn't matter if you're a Green Beret, an ABC or whatnot, you're not going to take six months off and all of a sudden, you know, hop on the range and be like, hi, ho, silver and start hip shooting and hitting everything. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. You have to practice. It's constant training all the time because, you know, uh, one of the, one of the points I got here is, you know, everybody's going to have pressure in your life. If you don't think that there's ever going to be pressure, then you're fooling yourself because life, life is stressful and there's stress, there's anxiety that you're going to have to just learn to, you know, to freaking deal with. And the pressure in your life, what it does is it's not crushing you. 
There's so many people that are that think that they're anxious that it's just crushing them. It, it's pushing what's inside of you out. It shows who you really are. So translating to the training is that when you get into a firefight, that's the pressure that you've trained for. So the minute pressure hits, you always fall back on what your your muscle memory is, your training, your level of training. So if I get into a firefight, boom, things just take over. I don't need to be motivated to get up and shoot back. So being able to perform is why, being being able to perform under pressure is why you put in all those days of practice. Yeah, because there's then a, that's your motivation. There's there's a life that and, life is and death your component. Being able to perform under pressure is your motivation to find the consistency in practice. Yeah, where it's you know, you you don't need to be motivated to do it at the end, but you do need to be motivated to start. You have to have a motive to find the consistency. Yeah, I think that's the difference between you know, having a motive and motivation. Because if I was, if I needed motivation to go to the gym, motive is your motivation. But if I needed to be, start, if I needed to be motivated, seventy percent of the time I wouldn't even go to the gym. No, but you've already built that habit. Yeah, and that's my consistency. Yes, you built that habit and became consistent because of the motivation at the beginning, because of the motive. The spark lights the fire, and then the wood keeps the fire going. The wood that keeps the fire going is the consistency. But without the spark, there is no lighting of the fire. And if we're trying to make change in people, that means that, that we are trying to build a fire in people, which means we need the motivation to spark the fire to then build the consistent goals. They have to have a motivation to make a change. So I would say that, okay. If you need a motive or motivation, it would have to be in the beginning. Because if you're going to expect longevity based on motivation, it's never going to happen. Yes, yes. But we are talking, right? what we're doing with this podcast is trying to help people change. That means that is the beginning. That's the beginning of whatever this change is going to be. We are trying to ignite change in people. We are trying to elicit change in people, which means we are trying to give them a spark. We are trying to help them find that spark. We're trying to take that fucking flashlight and shine it on that motive so that they want to build the habit of eating healthier, of learning every day, of changing their mindset, of practicing their their spirituality, of building better emotional relationships. That is where I have a problem with people that say motivation is bullshit because they are simply thinking about themselves in their moment. They already have a habit built. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to be motivated to go to the gym every day, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. You're fucking right. You wouldn't, but you don't have to be because you've built the habit because you were motivated to start. Right. That, and that, that's all I, that, that was the main initial point. Now we can go into talking about consistency how to build those consistent efforts like now we open now we open up all the doors because whatever that whatever that is i just you have to understand that there has we're trying to help people change because if you don't if you don't need to change you don't fucking listen to us 
If you're perfect, which nobody is, right? Yeah. Why listen to somebody else talk about ways to improve yourself? Because there is no right. improvement. Right. And this podcast is, is really about, I know we've talked about situational awareness and, you know, talking with, uh, you know, some people in the last couple of weeks, it's like when they talk to me about, well, okay, what about situational awareness? I'm like, well, situational awareness works great. If you go back to the squared away principles where, you know, you also have to have physical awareness, have to be aware and be honest with yourself about the shape that you're in. And by that, I'm like, okay, if, go back to pressure. If pressure hits, am I in the shape to take care of my family? Am I in the shape that if shit goes down and, you know, God forbid we have a, a Red Dawn situation in the, in the U.S., you know, am I going to be a supply bag for somebody else? Or am I going to be able to move and, and save my family? And there, the other thing is, is spiritual awareness. It's, you know, we're, we live in a society now that is just trying to just completely kill that. And it's, you know, what are we doing to exercise that portion of our life? You know, emotional awareness is basically, you know, I'm not the expert on it, but how much are we working on that? How much are we looking at it as like, you know, hey, am I an emotional infant or do I have some maturity in that area? And then in uh, mentally, you know, you got to have some mental awareness for crying out loud and doesn't happen with these uh these bricks that we carry around with us that you know everybody's staring into for hours and hours and hours a week and um and making excuses for not doing anything else in life um and and that's scary it's it goes back to what we talk about is what's awareness means you're always taking an inventory in that area so how much you're investing in any of those four areas if you look at a week how many hours are in a week i think i actually 168. 168 hours in a week. And we go back to the exercise thing because obviously physically is the easiest thing to use comparisons with. And recommended is what, five days a week, half hour a day. That is equal to two and a half hours a week. So if people have excuses and say, well, I can't do two and a half hours a week, take care of myself physically. If you did an inventory of what you did in a whole week, do you think that there's two and a half hours of non-value time that you just completely threw down to shitter? I bet the majority of people have two and a half hours of non-value time in a day. You think in a day? Yeah. Jeez. I bet. That's brutal. I would bet. I mean, it's brutal. <laughs> I mean, is it TV? Is I think it social it's, media? It's a, com- it's a combination of things, right? It's it's TV at home. It's social media. It's right. A, one thing that a lot of people have is they have an eight hour work day, right? And they have, they're going to be there. Some people travel. They're going to yeah. be there for that eight hours, no matter what too, right? You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Plus if you want to include travel a half hour each way, so they've got a nine hour day that they are, they have to invest that nine hours into that. It doesn't matter if they get two hours worth of work done in that nine hours or nine hours worth of work done in that nine hours. If they are checking the boxes they're spending nine hours there doing that shit. And I think that that is really, that's pretty detrimental to a lot of people because I think that they know they can spend three out of that nine hours doing fucking nothing. And they're still going to get check all their boxes because they know their job and they can do it. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't have a real answer for that, but I think that, I think that total, total, if you looked at the amount of wasted time that people have in a day, I bet it's easily over two and a half hours. Wow. 
Yeah, and to say that you don't have 30 minutes of that time, you just said do air squats. I mean, the other day, you know, when I do abs, I do a lot of abs at home. So and I remember back in the CrossFit days where you're doing toes to bar. I'm like, do I really need to do toes to bar? I fucking hate toes to bar. Because there's a lot of momentum in toes to bar. And I'm like, you know what? I get just as much, if not more, of, of a work on my lower abs when I do the leg lifts, which is the toes to bar motion, but you're laying on the ground. Yeah. So I remember doing toes to bar and I was like, man, I don't feel a lot in my abs because I'm got the momentum of swinging arms and yeah for me it was swinging. for me it was the the length of fucking trying to keep my body like stable right because i was trying to not to use momentum so it's like i was using more muscle to try to keep my body from swinging momentum i know you're supposed yeah but i've, I've never like done crossfit i've never done crossfit <laughs> so pups. i mean i've done crossfit plenty of times like myself but i've never been in a crossfit box where you're supposed to use momentum because we're literally trying to run a race on who can do something the fastest. No, thanks. I'll hurt, I'll hurt myself. I'm a fucking idiot. I know better. But going back to that, it's like, you know what? You, you, if you don't have, if you think you don't have the time and you realize, hey, like you said, maybe there's a two-hour window that they're doing shit. You know what? Watch that Netflix special and then do, you know, bodyweight exercises. I mean, if you can do 100 air squats, 200 air squats, if you can manage some push-ups, if you can... You know, if you got something to do pull-ups at home or do leg lifts or do crunches, whatever it is, you know, there, there is no excuse. So let's say we're past, we're past the initial spark of interest, right? Someone knows, someone knows that they're, that they want to make a change, you know, because how, how many fucking, I, I know a million people, I probably get it three times a week. Like, oh, I wish I could do this. Right. I wish I could eat like this. I wish I could, you know, get a gym schedule. I wish I could. I wish I could read three books a month like you do. Like I get this constantly. Right. So let's say these people have the motivation to make the change. Now they're lost. Now well, what do they do? I mean, the first thing you have to realize is, um, and I heard the saying. I don't know. Maybe it was Denzel Washington who said, "Is to get something you never had, you have to realize you do. You got to do something you never did." That's the first realization. Get out of that comfort zone. So we need to set a clear and concise goal before we can build a habit, right? So let's say yeah. something is, it's, oh, I want to read more. No, fuck you. You do not want to read more. We are going to read a specific amount in a specific amount of time, yeah. right? So I want to read more. No, I want to read two books a month, Okay. So they, I, need, I even want people to be breaking down their goals to a daily goal for the first yeah. two months. A daily, specific daily, if it's a food thing, a meal-specific goal. Yep. Because you need to make it so fucking simple that there is no self-control that is involved. Every morning before I get ready for work, I'm going to read 10 pages in a book or every night before I go to bed, I am going to read 10 pages in a book or every day on my lunch break, I am going to read a chapter, whatever this specific, I these need to be the most smallest minuscule, easy goal. So it's not like, Oh, I can put it off. Right. Because if you're going to read a book, if I want to read a book a month or two books a month, man, I can fucking put that off till the last week. Right. I can ignore it for three weeks. 
Then I only have to think about it for a week. And then when I get to that last week, it's all of a sudden so huge of an accomplishment that it's easy for me to give up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is what you do is, is use that thousand dollar shiny thing in your pocket that you stare at all the time. And there's a calendar on there. So what I do in like my work days, how I split my work days up is I know I have to get certain shit done on certain days. So I literally, I make appointments on my calendar for myself. It's like this hour you're going to work on these reports. This hour you're going to do these analysis. You know, same thing is like you could put that on your calendar so you get a notification saying, oh, guess what? It's uh, 8.30 p.m. Kids are in bed. So this is my half hour where I'm going to just read for a half hour straight. This is something I want built into the Squared Away app. This is from the beginning when I started talking about the Squared Away app. I want this built in reminders, set reminders based off of questions that that the app asks. You know, what do you want to do? I want to read a book a month. Okay, how many pages does that mean a day? Well, that means, you know, right? These are all questions, if if then questions that you're answering. And then you know, would you rather read in the morning on your lunch break or night? Well, probably night. Okay. What time do you go to bed? Nine. All right. Instantly sets a reminder for nine every single night. Read your 12 pages. Yeah. And then uh part of that app is going to be a checklist at the end of the night saying, okay, did you prep this for tomorrow? Did you get your gym clothes out? Did you, you ha- do you have your meals, you know, planned, whether it's on a Sunday, do you have your meals planned for the week? Whatever. Do you have your shake ready? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's going to be, yeah, and, and the reminders are not going to be, it goes off once at 9. It's going to be 9, 9, 10, 9, 20, 9, 30. Did you do it yet? And the minute that you check, yes, you did it, then the, the rest of them stop. Well, then they go. Jeez. Better get the development group in that one. Yeah, I know, right? But that's just, so we need to create habits. So we break these habits down to the smallest, tiniest little bit of a habit. And then we follow. So how do we follow? Well, like we just talked about, reminders, whether it be a phone reminder or an email reminder or you're telling your kids so that they're there to remind you, telling your spouse so they're there to remind you. Um, Ten reminders is better than one reminder, right? Uh, Sticky notes. I use sticky notes like a mofo. Sticky notes is, you know, in your lunchbox, read question mark. You open your lunchbox, you're like, all right, well, I got to read. Right? Yeah. Like reminders. Put it on your bathroom mirror. We need to be consistent with our daily activity, whatever these goals, these changes are that are going to get to our goal, and we're going to be consistent for months. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the saying, what, you you are your habits and rituals. And then once we've done a month, two months of this thing, it's a habit. Then that is what the consistency that we're talking about is. Then we're, then we're doing the training, we're doing the shooting, we're doing the reading, we're doing the lifting, we're doing the, the praying. Then the changes start to happen. And that's when we are going towards what that big goal was, right? I want to be fitter. I want to be smarter. I want to be more religious. I want whatever that big goal that we started out with that's when that starts to happen because of the consistency. That's when we are able to perform under pressure because very few people that listen to this will ever have to perform under somebody firing at them ever again in their life. But the pressure is daily life. The pressure is friends want to go out. I haven't read my 
my 10 pages yet. Yeah. The pressure is kids want to go out for ice cream. I'm already at my calorie intake for the day. Like yeah. this is the, this is life's pressure. Yeah. And if you want to perform under life's pressure, we have to have the consistency that was started by the spark of motivation. Yeah, it's kind of like we talk about shooting, you know, and getting into a firefight is that pressure will always push you back to your, you always fall back on your training. Well, pressure in life every day, you're always going to fall back to your habits. So if all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're going to go get a, you know, freaking McDonald's, all you can eat that even exists. God, well, I hope not. I really fucking hope not. I think they already killed it with the supersize me, I think. Fair. Is that yeah. still a thing? I don't see that much about that. I don't know. I think they got McDonald's. rid of it because of everybody blamed McDonald's for obesity. So, well, they're not the only ones. <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't make a choice to shove that down their gullet. Nope. But, you know, if if you have, you know, your diet habits straightened out, you're like, oh, okay. I don't need that. I don't want that. You know, it would be nice. Like yesterday, I was tempted to, you know, go run to the freaking donut place, I think Greenbush, and just buy a bunch of donuts. But, Oh, donuts are so good. I did have some ice cream yesterday. So. You did? Yeah. Well, every freaking day I pass the, uh, this coffee house bakery that's on Main Street. And I'm always Where's tempted. Where's that at? The beans and creams. Oh, yeah, yeah, on Main Street. Yep, yep, gotcha. And even though, I mean, they got gluten-free bakery that's just delicious. And every single day I drive past her to to go to the gym, I got to pass it twice. And I'm tempted. So I've been tempted for for like a year. (laughs) (laughs) To be like, you know what? Oh, I don't have my wallet on me, but you know what? They take Apple Pay, so I could just walk in and and just grab one. And I'm like, oh, wait, I mean, just because it's gluten-free don't mean it's healthy. It's just laced with freaking sugar yeah. on top of it so um it's yeah. just rice flour instead of wheat flour or yes, corn flour instead of wheat flour yeah. it's so i struggle with that like every day i pass that place just make yourself a, make yourself a goal so that you can allow yourself to enjoy one i know but i like to enjoy other things like if yeah but if you did an extra 100 pull-ups that day you could have a fucking <laughs> gluten-free muffin like that would that would balance oh. each other out well i had to when I drive past, I'm like, okay, well, yesterday I took my son to a couple places and my daughter came up to visit. We, uh, we had like bubble, you ever had bubble tea? No, but my daughter's on my ass. To, my my nine year old's on my ass to go you try bubble, bubble tea. tea. Nope. Where's, oh, where's good bubble tea? Tell me where to go. You are. I'll take her out, man. Um, really good one is a, a place called role play. R O L L play. Oh, in, downtown in Garver mills. Oh, it's in Garver. Okay. All right. So get her like a large, and you can pick the kind of bubbles. You can get the honey bubbles if you want. I always get the red bean. So for those of you you don't know, in the Chinese diet, the desserts that are really good is actually made out of red bean. It looks like a miniature kidney bean, but it's sweet as hell. Really? And the sugar content is like through the roof. That sounded so gross when you said red bean. I thought you were just trying to be stupid healthy. Yes. I was thinking, I was picturing kidney beans. Oh, man. Yeah, when I'm in, like, uh, Chinatown or, you know, when I'm uh, in Hong Kong, when I have dessert, it's it's red bean soup. So what they do is they cook it all day long, and it's red bean, it's rock sugar. I'm talking, like, <laughs> mega tons of rock sugar. Nice. And they cook it so that it's almost like this, like, red porridge. It's just insane. My kids don't like it because it's super, super sweet. It's too sweet. I mean, one bowl of it... Um, you can buy the concentrate actually at the global market here. It's like 120 grams of sugar. Holy shit. And uh, 
Yeah, I used to. That's love like that four stuff. Mountain Dews for anybody that's curious. Yeah, it's like thirty five milli- thirty five grams of sugar in a Mountain Dew. I think like that, something like that. Yes, yeah, so for those of you who know bubble tea, you you don't get the whole thing of red bean. They'll put the red bean at the bottom, so you get this like sweet as you're as you're sucking down that tea. You get the sweet chunks of red bean going through the straw, and it just tickles your you know. And do you chew taste these bugs. or do you just swallow them? Well, you, the you, can, you can chew them. But what's, oh, the what's the right You're way to do it? Yeah, tapioca bubbles. I don't know. It's bubble tea. Isn't there bubbles in it? Okay. Oh, the, the bubble tea is different. Okay, so you can get the red bean, which is special, or they all come with bubbles. Okay. And these bubbles are tapioca balls, so you gotta be careful if you haven't drank it before, because they give you a straw that's you know bigger than the bubbles. So if you think you just all of a sudden slap it in there and start sucking, you're gonna take a couple right down the throat. So. That's what she said. <laughs> exactly. So you gotta got to be careful, but yeah, it's So you chew the bubbles. Yeah, it's tapioca. Okay. okay. I don't fucking I I'm this is all new to me. I'm Yeah, I'm, it looks like a big real curious. black balls. Okay. Sitting in the bottom of the thing, but yeah, kids love it. I mean, adults love it too. There's always a line at the market. They also sell the bubble tea. All right. Well, I'll we'll have to go to Garver and get her a bubble tea. That's for a There is some we caffeine tried in it. it. It's it's good. There is some caffeine in it though cuz it's tea, right? Yeah, the the good places will ask you what kind of tea you okay. want, so you can get the green tea, oolong tea. Yeah, okay, there's one more. So okay, It'll well, make you pissed too. Look at that! Learn something new every day. <laughs> I got yelled at on my way home from church. Why is that? Because I googled Pontius Pilate. Yeah, because it's in the creed, and yeah. I didn't know what Pontius Pilate was, so I googled it. My daughter's like, "Did you Google that during church?" I'm like, I waited. <laughs> Like, I waited until he wasn't saying anything. Oh, really? Yeah. For those of you out there that don't know, in the Nicene Creed, when they talk about suffered under Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate is the Roman Empire emperor, emperor that resided over the trial of Jesus Christ and it, and, and condemned him to uh, crucifixion. Is it emperor so, or the governor? Emperor. Google said emperor. If it's wrong, okay. then take it up with Google. I thought Caesar was the emperor. Me? I thought Pontius Pilate was the actual governor. I don't know. You might be right. I'll have to look it up. That might have just been a wrong wiki that I was reading. But anyways, he was the person that resided over the over the trial and yeah. then condemned him to crucifixion. Yeah. I had no idea. Pontius Pilate sounded like a weird thing. I was like, what is this? I don't even, it doesn't even make sense to me. Oh, we never heard of Pontius Pilate? No, never oh. before. Yeah. So. Anyway. I digress. Yep. I digress. Um, so. Between bubble tea and Pilate. Yeah, we, we, well, I mean, we're at 55 minutes. So I think I just. My initial goal with this podcast was to tell all the people that are talking shit about motivation to shut the fuck up and then to figure out once we have motivation and we want to create a consistent practice or a habit, how to do that. And keys there are take your big goal down to the smallest possible action and then hold yourself accountable and remind yourself constantly until you build that habit. And then once you build that habit, that's where you find consistency. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole goal of Squared Away is so that you can be the the best you can be, the, your best version of yourself. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that, that I saw is the greatest version, is you, the greatest version of you has parameters. You know, you're the person that is saying, hey, guess what? I don't need that drink. I mean, you experienced that in the last year, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't need to hang out with these people or go hang out at these places. And you'll find out that it's it's better for you. I mean, for me, it goes back to exercise, right? 
people that don't watch your diet and don't exercise, there's always a consequence to it. And um, even this morning, I was talking to somebody that's like, man, you know, they've gotten in great shape. And they're like, and I love people like that because they just, uh, they'll tell you, it's like, this is what I used to be. And I used to feel like shit. I used to eat and I used to drink. And the next morning I felt like shit. And they even repeated, you know, what we've said on here before is there's, there's never a day where I've gone to the gym. This is this person telling me this today. Never a day where I've gone to the gym where I left and regretted it, you know? And then, you know, they were talking about, uh, they should work out with me sometime. What's that? They should work out with me sometime. Oh, you regret working out? For a, at least a half hour to an hour after I leave the gym on certain days, I regret it. I feel better after an hour. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. You're old. You don't work hard enough anymore. <laughs> so I'll give my... You're just afraid you're going to break a hip. Days. You're just afraid you're going to break a hip. With with the up of red meat and the uh, adding creatine uh, monohydrate back into my supplements. Actually, yeah, I've been doing a lot more two-a-days. But... um. But but think about this is that, you know, when you eat what you think is comfortable and you go back to all the, the shit food, junk food, whether it's drinking or smoking or whatever, there's always a consequence. You always feel like shit after, right? And um, when you exercise and have a proper diet, you know, there's ho- all kinds of good stuff. You're lowering the risk of obesity. You know, you're getting rid of that fat. And the biggest thing that I worry about with people that are obese isn't the fact that they're obese. You got to think about their organs, all that visceral fat that surrounds their organs. How, how much of the world today, the, the health problems that are caused and the medication that's taken is because of that. You know, you're just, you're creating death. You know, when you do the proper diet and exercise, you're avoiding diabetes, you know, less tension, less anxiety. Um, you're reducing heart disease osteoporosis for crying out loud, bone density. Um, I just, you know, this week where I was doing that study on nutrition and health, just looking at the bone density of people that don't have proper nutrition versus the ones that do, it's scary, man. It looks like I could just take that, um, the person that's not healthy, you could literally, I just looked at that picture, I could just feel like I'd just grab on that bone and just crush it. There's just, there's nothing there. And um, improve your sleep, elevates your mood, gives you energy, gives you confidence. Uh, releases a ton of hormones, and there's it's all benefits. There's nothing bad. I mean, is there something bad you can think of? No. I mean, no, there's a little bit of an alienation that happens that's sort of, I guess, an adjustment period that you go from the type of people that you used to kind of spend time with to then a new type of person, which is far less because there's a lot less of us out there. So you go from like having a group of friends that you used to see all the time to like not having really much in common with them anymore. And until you get a new group of friends, you're kind of like, you're kind of alone in it. That's the only thing I could see. But it's not, that's not really negative. That's just an adjustment period, I think. Oh, yeah. You know? No. Yeah. With the, with the new mindset, you got to yeah. find people like that. Yeah. It's funny because when you're saying that, I was picturing your exercise party. Yeah. That's going to start happening one of these. Years. There's Paul planning the exercise party, and then all of a sudden there's there's nobody there because you know you can't find people. No, it's gonna be all. Everybody's gonna be by like, yourself, blowing a little thing. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, that that'll probably happen, but it's all right. The two people that show up will have fun. Hey, I, I don't know. At our gym, I mean, there's plenty of people that yeah. I think are pretty serious. Yeah. 
All right, is there anything else we need to get out in this? Talk some more shit about some Chinese balloons. Tell you you're wrong some more. Oh. Do we want to talk about how McDonald's made their food fatty just to kill a bunch of people? Talk about how much I can't stand Bill Gates. Yeah. No, I think we got everything out. All right. Any words, uh, any words for Chinese balloons? No, no more rules for Chinese balloons, but make sure some 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 common ways that people fail uh, when they're trying to change the ways they lose motivation is their goals are too big. They have lack of confidence, lack of knowledge. <laughs> they're working on the wrong goals. They believe in quick fixes or they're comparing themselves to others. I think those are all really, really, really good points to get across because especially with the goals being too big, if you are always just focusing on that 10,000 foot goal, you're not making the needed small changes. And if you're not confident you can make those small changes or you're only looking at the 10,000 foot goal, you don't have confidence in whether you can achieve it, right? Like, I don't know if I can ever run a hundred miles. Well, no motherfucker right now you can't run a hundred miles, but you can run 10 blocks. And if you run 10 blocks and you add two blocks a week, Let's do the math. How long until you can run 100 miles, right? Yeah. Like these are breaking it down to small goals, having the confidence, having the knowledge. All right, let's take, take that same example. Do you know how to operate your hydration and your nutrition when you start running longer distances? If you don't have the knowledge, then that's knowledge you need to gain so that you can achieve that big goal. Uh, you're working on the wrong goals. Are you going to ever run 100 miles if you don't give a fuck about running 100 miles? No. You're not. You're going to give up way fucking earlier because it's a stupid goal that you didn't even really want to achieve anyways. Yeah. Um, you believe in quick fixes. You think there's a lot of people that think that they can mind strong themselves through something like a fucking marathon. I can make it through a marathon. I could run a marathon if I had to. Yeah. I mean, speaking of quick fixes, I mean, somebody that we know just told me that their um, in-laws um, both got gastric bypass surgery a while back. I think I told you the story. No. Oh, I didn't? No. Oh, so they both got gastric bypass, and you know what that is? Basically, it yep. shrinks your stomach for you. Yep. It's a quick, you know, quick fix. And the problem is, after that, they didn't change their habits. So what happens then is <laughs> your stomach expands again. So you just took ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a piece and wiped your ass with it. Good doctors will make you make changes and see weight loss first before they give you gastric bypass because they know that you have to build the habits before you're going to ever change. You're not going to change after you get the fucking gastric bypass because then all of a sudden you are losing weight. Why would you, why would you make habit changes? You're, you're losing weight until you're not. So good doctors will make you, change your lifestyle before they will give you that surgery. But guess what? For five good doctors, there's one on the corner that'll do it for your fucking 15 grand. Yeah. So, um, and you keep comparing yourself to others. I guess that one's, that one's an interesting one in this day with social media, but just fucking don't do it. If you, if you, if you want to, I had this argument this week, excuse me, that was disgusting. I'm sorry. I apologize. If you want to compare yourself to others, you're not comparing yourselves to others for why should I should be able to do that? I should be able to achieve that. It's literally just some sort of fuel inside you that never comes out. If you're running on a treadmill 
and the guy next to you is running at 10 miles per hour for fucking five miles. And you're like, I'm going to bury him. I'm going to run it. 10 miles per hour for 20 miles, right? Like that's an internal, he never needs to know that you have that in your, you're just giving yourself a little spark of, of motivation, a little fuel to fucking burn while you're, while you're running. But that's the only kind of comparison that I, that I can buy onto. Cause I do that shit too. I think yeah. everybody does. If for, for those of you that it's hard to motivate, I mean, I trust me, like I said, there's 70% of my days that I don't feel like going to the gym. And there's a lot of days, I'll be honest, where yeah, I'm doing high volume reps that I don't want to do the extra reps. So what I do in my head is, uh, and there, there's a good story behind it, but <clears throat> what I do in my head is I always tell myself, okay, just do one more. Because there's a little plaque that I got here that um, years ago I had trained uh, uh, Miss Wisconsin USA. And it was a person that just, you know, didn't have the motivation, didn't have the habits. So I had to become the habit by being the trainer. And it was always, oh, how many of these do I got to do? How many of this is I, I got to do? Oh, that's a lot. Well, I just said, well, okay, you just do one more. And when you get that done, you just do one more. And you just do one more again. And it goes back to... Um, if you ever heard the story of, uh, Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, when he got, I think 13 throughs, which are basically bullets that passed through his legs. So he had 13, uh, bullet wounds to his legs. He's been blown up, swallowed his tongue and just, you know, bleeding heavily. Um, and what he did was basically, I think he made it, his distance was about seven miles where he had to just crawl because his legs were just done. and he just would draw a line in front of him. He would crawl past that line, and then he'd draw another line. And he did that for the, the whole duration. And this is just kind of how you have to look at it. If you feel like you got to quit, don't, do not enter set. Because there's some days where I enter set and like, oh, I'll just I'll do six reps instead of 12. And don't ever get in that mindset. Just, you know what, I'll get to six, and I'll just do one more. And before you know it, it'll be like, wow, 12 isn't bad. 20 reps isn't bad. And for the thing I hate worse is running. Is, you know what, I'll get to that first mile and be like, oh, okay, I'm done. And I start making excuses. Instead, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to keep running for another minute. And then another minute. And then another minute. And the next thing you know, you've put on two and a half, three miles. I just want to go on record saying I've never seen you do cardio ever in your life. <laughs> you never... I, I'm not saying you don't do it. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not saying you don't do it. But I'm just saying that as a witness, I've never been a witness to it. <laughs> oh, I just ask my neighbors when oh, I'm okay. uh, running with my vest at home. And I got the spin bike at home now, too. Yeah, still to do the Sprint 8 on the spin bike. I know, and the company I work for uh, created the Sprint 8. So. Yeah. All right, I think that's a wrap. All right, man.